Good morning. God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, draw near now. Amen. Back in 2015, in my Old Testament class at seminary, most days ended with a small gathering of students at the back of the lecture hall, praying we wouldn't be intellectualized out of our faith. Faced with the challenge of confronting the text with a decidedly critical view, we struggled. Seminary is a unique undertaking and ordinary believers like myself wrestle with sifting the text through an academic filter. So while I respect and have learned much from biblical scholars, sometimes I just want to, even need to, read and remember a story as it was faithfully written. Stories are deeply attached to memory and hold the power to shape societies. Scholarly arguments have their place for sure, but memories and the memories they uncover, stories and the memories they uncover, the lessons they've taught, in my opinion, sometimes they transcend such critical assessment. Beyond facts, Faithful oral historians seek a deeper wisdom, an inherent truth to share with their listeners. The goal for them is transformative memory. The story should change you. So I stand before you a champion of stories, a believer in sacred imagination, midrash, and useful contextual interpretation. Still, I'll admit my wrestling with the Hebrew scriptures. Besides its relentlessly patriarchal and quite often degrading view of women, I struggle with the stories of violence. Take, for example, today's reading of Exodus 12. I can't read the Passover without hearing the wailing, the imagination of that mournful next day. Can we assume the end justified the means? What of the rights of the innocent individual? The reality of such loss of life is unsettling. I have questions. Today, I'll share a story that's helped me swallow whole the hard parts of stories like this, or at least to see them in a new light. In the 2001 film, A Few Good Men, co-stars Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson belt, belt it out. They battle it out in one of the most popular cinematic court scenes of our time. Cruise is a young litigation lawyer. Nicholson, an official accused of ordering the murder of a fledgling but problematic soldier, a code red. In the climactic scene, Cruise goes in on Nicholson with a barrage of questions. Cruz wants the truth. He's desperate for it. Winning this case will clear the names of the soldiers accused of a crime. Now you should know, in this generously, very generously imagined analogy of this one particular scene, I'm Tom Cruise. And well, you know where this is going. God, for the moment, is played by Jack Nicholson. It is an ethical debate of enormous proportion, and to my 
relentless firing of questions, God in holy rage finally shouts out to me, Leisha, you can't handle the truth. This is the God of judgment, both beautiful and terrible. This God goes on to tell me how I benefit from God's ability to execute justice, how I sleep peacefully at night because of it, how very much I need a God on post, a God like that. He shares with me the underbelly of authority, the side I don't want to see, but is no less real. This God tells me and puts to practice the truth that the sacrifice of one could mean the salvation of many, and that life isn't always fair. But I keep pressing because I still want to know, did you order the code red? Yes, he says, yes, he did. In this scene, I hear the God of the Old Testament, the God of fire and clouds, of blood and water, ritual and rite, the God of life and death the God of Job. And that line, you can't handle the truth, helps me accept the enormity of God's work and calling. Dare I say, it helps me understand God. Like most of you, I grew up on a healthy diet of stories of a loving God, harsh stories centering the execution of justice and the use of words like smoked were downplayed replaced with carefully curated stories about a zoo of animals on an ark. You won't find a happy, clappy God roam in the streets of the ancient world. This God is beautiful and terrible. He's both and. God is both destroyer and deliverer, like Aslan in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He's not safe, but he is good. We want safety and grace and healing and dear friends, all of that costs. We fight against principalities and powers in high places because this is a war. And while we sleep peacefully at night under the heaven of a God so very full of love, we also have a God who declares power over all. I, God says, am the Lord. We want a God like that. We need a God like that. We need a take no prisoners, unapologetic by any means necessary God. The God who takes on the responsibility of being both and with us and all because of love. God is merciful and kind, loving and true, and God will also enact just judgment. God will be merciless when God needs to be. We set these scriptures aside for readings at dusty lecterns, hoping no one's paying attention. And if they are, we just hope they're not asking questions. But our faith is built on this story and stories like it. We're commanded to remember them as written, straight, no chaser. God is always working toward the greater good. And sometimes that work requires blood. It will ultimately require the teeth shattering work of the cross the blood of God's only son. Did you order the code red? you doggone right I did. I am the Lord. We need that God, even the memory of that God, 
right now. If the Bible is an instruction manual for life, and I believe it is, maybe we can use today's text to direct us through the chaos of a pandemic. Today's text tells us to be ready, that change is coming. An eruption of stories are swelling from the ground up, and those stories and voices are being set above the noise of the usual politics. The pharaohs of our modern day are done. Today's text calls us to identify ourselves as believers. No more living life as a closet Christian. We're called to stand up and be counted among the faithful. And finally, our patient and loving God sees and knows. God will execute judgment as he acts on our behalf for justice, mercy, compassion, and freedom. This is the God who wraps each of us in this story of past, present, and future. The God who declares God's power over all. This is the God of liberation from a system of death and the redemption of a relationship. The God who calls us to imagine our lives radically disrupted by a new sense of freedom and to give true power, true power, a power beyond all forms of domination, a try. As we emerge from the portals of this pandemic into the hope of the future, we need that God. We need God as we work to end the dark night of racism in this country. We need God's order and direction as we seek relief from the perils of a global health crisis. We need God to guide us through this election. We need that God and we need this story. We can't abandon the story because we're sensitive about God being God. God commands we remember the stories and in that remembrance, God commands we be transformed. So this is a story about justice and how God works to make it real in the world with love and a formidable all-consuming power. It's about the redemption of a people and their future. It's about the lived faith of a community in crisis. It's about power and position. This is a story about a specific moment, about place and space. It's about faith to trust God just one more time. This is a story about obedience. Nine prior plagues had not changed the heart of Pharaoh. This is a story about God's long-suffering patience. It's about the other side of that too. It's about a warning. It's about the hope of a new beginning. It's about the direction to go and do, to continue with the stream of detailed and specific instruction. It's about order in the chaos of crisis. It's about need and waste. It's about modeling provision for all. This is a story about stewardship. This is a story about the lamb as precursor of Jesus. It's about sacrifice. It's about reorienting a community. It's about leaving the known for the unknown. It's about salvation and protection. It is about trust. It's about identity and marking. It's about what can happen to a people when they forget. It's about the sacrament of a meal and a posture of preparation, ordered, directed, focused, 
ever mindful of what has been, what is, and what will be. This is about timing of an active spirituality that says get and stay ready. It's about the awesome and terrible presence of God. This is a story about God, the destroyer and Lord. It's about the power of the blood and that blood as a sign. This is a story about the power of God, God's sovereignty over life and death. This day and all that happened shall be a remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. This story is for us, St. Peter's. This is a story of becoming, of a formative encounter and walk with God from promise to fulfillment. This story, in its telling and retelling, has been passed from generation to generation, with each generation hearing and claiming the story as their own. Today, that story belongs to us. They who have ears, let them hear. Amen.